welcome to the Lead 222 podcast, created to help student ministry leaders stay healthy and become more effective in life and leadership. And now, here are your hosts, Bo Boshears and Dave Hoodke. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Lead 222 podcast. We're so glad that uh, you've joined us today. Uh, we're super excited to uh, have part two of our conversation with Vince Parker on digital ministry, how to have healthy online communities. And so we're going to join that conversation in just a moment. And, uh, you know, in each podcast, we discuss one of our five core lead values. And uh, we want to live the lead life. And so we talk about these uh, values that we have, authentic community, strong families, uncommon integrity, kingdom impact, and life-giving celebration. And so uh, in this episode, we're going to discuss kingdom impact as, uh, you know, we want to reach more students for Christ and to have kingdom impact. And we can do that through uh, our digital platforms. And uh, I love what Vince has to say here in this conversation uh, about training. And uh, so, so excited about that. But first, hey, real quick, we have launched Lead 222 Youth Ministry Staffing. And uh, it's been so exciting to come alongside churches to help them hire uh, youth pastors. And then uh, we plug them into the lead community and we coach them um, because we're not meant to do ministry alone. And so if you're a youth pastor and uh, maybe you're thinking about transition or you are in transition, you're praying about what's next, email me, dave at lead222.com. Let's have a conversation. Uh, You can send me your resume and uh, we would love to help you. Uh, as well. Maybe you're uh, a church and um, you know, you're getting ready to hire a youth pastor. Um, give us a, um, a shout. We'd love to have a conversation with you and what would it look like to serve you uh, as we help uh, you find the next uh, right person to lead the student ministry there. Well, we are so excited to jump into this conversation with Vince Parker. Uh, so let's do it. For a youth pastor out there that, you know, is trying to figure this out, and a lot of times they feel like, well, students probably know this a little bit more than I do. What, I mean, what would training look like for um, a a staff team or for their students? Could you get just even a little bit more specific to help a youth pastor out? Like, where do I, where do I begin in training them? Yes. Here's the, you have to begin at the beginning. Let me tell you what I mean by that right? Let's say you launched a brand new youth group and a brand new church, right? It's just a church planet, right? You would start with your core values. You would start with the culture that you want to build. You would start with why we're doing what we're doing. You would start with casting vision. You would actually start with recruiting the right people to train. Oftentimes what happens is we assume Miss Betty, who's killing it every week, and she brings the most amazing cookies, the problem is, is Miss Betty doesn't know what internet cookies are. Right? <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. We just can't make the assumption that she's the right person for this particular seat on the bus. So oftentimes training comes down to realizing you're actually building something brand new. And how would you build something new? You would start it from the ground up. You would do your research, Right. You would do beta testing, marketing. You would do all those intentional things. 
right? Then you would bring the right people along with you. Again, Mrs. Betty and her great oatmeal chocolate chip cookies might kill it in person. It does not mean that she's the right person for online. Yeah. Right? Then what you would begin to do, when it comes to training, you've got to be the chief reminding officer, the CRO. You've got to remind people on a consistent basis where you're going and what you're doing. Okay? Now, when you come down to details, it might be like, okay, I've decided and I've decided the best approach for us, I've done my research, is to get these 10 students that are going to help us out. Right? I need to remind them that here's the deal. When we post on me Monday, I need to make sure that you remember to comment in the post, share it, and like it within the first 30 minutes. Why? Because Instagram's algorithms like that. Then I need to remind you that, hey, you guys need to recheck this post and make sure that when people comment that you answer back. Okay. I need to make sure that, hey, every once in a while, you need to click on someone's profile and go in and like their stuff. Like, just don't assume they have to like our stuff, but go in and like their stuff, right? Because we're trying to get Instagram off the ground. So like, post, share. We're studying the algorithms. They're paying attention. They're creating great graphics. You're saying, okay, guys, remember what works well for us. What's working well? What's not working well, right? Again, the same way. Hey, man, people love it at the church. We're kicking off. When we play 17 worship songs, man, everybody leaves early. Like that just, <laughs> that don't work, right? <laughs> when the pastor comes up there and doesn't know his, what he wants, wants to talk about, uh, people don't like that, right? You, you figure that stuff out. Now, let's, let's say that's Instagram. Now, how do you evolution, uh, grow that to like, let's say you're doing a YouTube service, like an actual online service. Okay, guys, here's the deal. Uh, in the comments, this isn't like in the building. In the building, you don't want kids talking while someone's preaching. Actually, online, commenting is okay. What's not okay is being disrespectful or saying curse words or saying vulgar things, right? But you want to encourage people. And I want you guys to be posting in the chat as well, like, amen, or, oh, that was a great scripture, or, hey, your responsibility is to repost what we would call moments. Like, hey, here's my three points. After I say one, make sure you post it in the comments. Okay, guys, we're gonna do small groups afterwards. We're gonna do them on Zoom. Here's some best practices for Zoom. You know what? You know how guys, we always met and did a huddle pre-service in the building? We're still gonna meet and do a huddle pre-service on Zoom, right? Uh, I know guys, we're all serving online, but we're going to, instead of doing our meetings in person, we should actually do them online. Instead of like doing all your leader onboard training in person, why don't you do some of it online? You actually have to practice and teach what you want to see. Too often we don't practice and teach what we want to see. We just say, hey, meet me for coffee. And then we don't train people to do that. And you have to do that on a regular ongoing basis, just like you would do in person. No one would start a ministry and be like, okay, guys, I talked to you the week before our first Thursday night or Wednesday night or whenever you do your youth ministry. I'm not going to talk to you guys for the rest of the semester. I hope you have all the information that you need. It's good to go. You would actually every week cast vision. You would actually set them up for success. You would be like, okay, guys, it's glow night. So everybody make sure you're wearing your glow, glow night outfits or it's jersey night. Make sure you're wearing your jerseys. You can do some of that same stuff 
So, for instance, uh, recently as a church, we just celebrated 25 years of all that God's done to our church and so thankful for Pastor Craig and all he's done. So online, we had our youth pastors dress up and like they're fancy. They were wearing suits. They were doing all that. We also challenged and invite our people who were attending online. Hey, right now, go get dressed up. <laughs> right. And then we said, hey, post that picture and tag us. So people were posting and tagging us of them getting dressed up and wearing this stuff, right? Well, how do you encourage that stuff? Well, every once in a while, I'll give a giveaway to the person who gets, who, who posts the, the pics, the posts, the pictures you want to see. You can be like, hey, guys, encourage, as a small group leader, encourage your people to get dressed up as you watch it together from Zoom or as you gather together at a house to watch it, right? Provide the same resources for in-person that you would online. Don't assume it's glow night and you're giving away a bunch of glow sticks and you would do all that on the person. But you go, well, it's in person. I can do that. It's online. No, ship out like influencer boxes to your leaders that they can give stuff to their students. Again, it is more work in relation to you're not used to it. Mm -hmm. It's not more work in relation to, oh, it's just going to happen. Right. If this is all you knew, this is this is not a thing, right? Like I have everybody's been trying to buy a PlayStation 5, right? But no one wants the extra controller because no one invites anyone to their house to play video games. Right? It's the, that's just the different perspective. What you need is some internet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you need to make sure you have the right tools to accomplish the right things. Right? Back in the day, Nintendo 64. You got the four controllers so your friends can come over and play Golden Eye, you know, first person shoot them up. Now it's 100 people on a Call of Duty or a Fortnite tournament or whatever, or they're on Twitch. Again, I can talk forever and feel free. I know we're going to give out my information later. You can reach out to me. But it's really simple, but it's about this. What are you doing? And are you bringing intentionality? Yeah, that's right, Vince. That's what I was saying, Burl. When you're going to talk, I was saying it's being intentional. I love the idea of this. What a great opportunity um, that youth pastors and leaders have right now to, first of all, I love the idea of of identifying the gifts, different gifts that students have and incorporating those stiff for ownership. You know, you imagine the involvement of the, how excited they are that they own the ministry. I really, back in the day, man, that was the key for us that the students owned it. They knew they were, we, we heard them. That was that's why we even changed the name from youth group to student ministry, because we were a group, man. We were students and ownership. And Vince, I just love how you're connecting right now and really challenging everyone that they can do this, but do it intentionally, do it with excellence, you know, and that, and then right size what you can do and build it. Now, Vince, on the other side of this, that's all good, but we all know that there's always a side that we've got to be, you know, you mentioned safety at the very beginning of this and protecting students, which is wonderful. But now let's touch a little bit on parents. You know, how do you communicate to, to let parents feel safe or, you know, that they buy into, hey, listen, here's what we're doing. You can trust your, your, your kids on this thing. We're going we're gonna to protect them. But what, do you, what kind of training do you give parents? Say, hey, here's what's up. Here's what we're doing. Let your kids have, get bit involved. Uh, just explain that. How do you do support to online parents? Yeah, I, I think you have to be intentional in finding something specifically for your parents. And what I mean by that is, for instance, we turned our Facebook page that was for youth years ago when youth were back on Facebook. Um, we made it for parents, right? 
So we'll still post our online messaging, things like that, because some parents don't let their kids on Facebook. So you actually have to let parents know that you're for them, right? Oftentimes, we're trying to convince parents to be on our side, and that's the wrong way approach to it. Um, these aren't your kids. These are their kids. And despite, no matter how great their parent is, no matter how bad their parent is, every research study shows that the number one influential person in a student's life is their parent and the youth pastor's number nine or 10, or depending on your list, but they're, we're down there. We're not up to the top. And so you should be wanting to partner with parents, not get parents to be on your side, right? Because they're the ones who are carrying it. And so what you have to do is you have to, again, say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, how can I help you win as a parent, right? Sometimes you have to host, well, I wanted my, my kid to meet, man, we'd love to meet in, in person, but let me tell you what we're doing for your student based on what you just said, right? So we have small group leaders who meet every single week, right? And they hop on a Zoom call. And then afterwards we, we do Twitch and play video games together. And then based upon that, I still preach the same message I preach every single week, but you can follow us on your Instagram account because we actually post the questions on the Instagram account so you can ask your students the exact same question. Yeah, cool. We still plan to email you every single week or text you every single week, the message highlights and things that you can be a part of. Oh, by the way, here's some parenting resources that I wanna help provide you because you talked about, you don't know what Fortnite is. And so we partner with a, a great organization like Access so that you can understand Fortnite, right? The goal is you have to help parents win. When you help people win, they're on your side. When your goal is to get people on your side, most often than not, they just check out. And then you have to be okay with knowing some parents aren't just gonna be involved, yeah. right? Like they're not. But that's kind of how you do it. It's 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 all with the parents. It's hundred percent about your approach, mm. right? It's like I can run up to you and be like, "Hey, Bo, here's the deal. This is what I'm doing. Your kids better get involved." Or I can run up and be like, "Hey, Bo, during this season, how can I help serve you and your kids?" That's right, bro. That's so cool, man. Wow. Such a one degree attitude change. You know, that's that's awesome. Yep. That is so good. Hey, what would you say? Like, are some key lessons that you learned? You know, maybe even some mistakes that you made, because I think uh, for all of us, those are things that, you know, will be really helpful as we try to do this better. Yeah, man, we've made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot of different, uh, a lot of different things. So here's the first thing we learned. Uh, listen to God because he's speaking the whole time. For instance, you might hop on Instagram and you think to yourself, I'm not supposed to be on here because you only have 200 students following you on Instagram. You're like, my ministry has more than 200 students. But what you don't notice and you're not paying attention to is the fact that all 200 of your students are engaged in what you're doing on Instagram, right? That's saying something. How did we learn that? And I'll give you an example. Um, we thought that we were gonna move every student that we had in the building to online, right? We just assumed and it, it didn't happen. Right. Most youth groups around the world discovered that. Right. And we were like, man, what do we do? How do we work this? But we had to start listening to God. And we actually started paying attention to other things. We started paying attention to the engagement rate that we were getting over our service times because we switched from being on YouTube to our church online channel. So on YouTube, kids would bounce on and off and be on there five minutes, 10 minutes. But when we switched to using our church online platform, we discovered that students would stay engaged for over 45 minutes. What we realized and we also discovered was when we have one host, just one person talking like they were talking to someone from stage, that people didn't care. And when we had two hosts or three hosts, 
and they were just talking with each other, it made a huge difference. We discovered that when we uh, did worship live, that made a huge difference. That we couldn't pre-record it. Like it had to be live. Like the first time we do it. So every Thursday night, we kick off the first service of the week. It's live worship. That's what we discovered. Right? We discovered that this wasn't just for us at Life Church, for our students, but it was for other people at other churches. So for instance, we actually changed how we say it. We still call it, our youth ministry is called Switch. Our service is still called Switch Online. But we used to call it Switch Group. Like, hey, remember this is how you get signed to the Switch Group. We actually now say, hey, this is how you get plugged into a small group. Because we recognize that people are coming out from churches. We recognize that churches from all around the world couldn't afford to do this. And we had to change up our language how we talk. We recognize that where a year ago we were in 36 cities, that now we're in 106 countries. Right? We, we understood that like, hey, but if all the thing we had focused on the whole time was how can we get our students online, then we weren't listening to what God is saying. So now we have churches from Canada, from uh, the Middle East, from other parts of the world who reach out to us and say, hey, how can we actually be a part of this? It's awesome. Yeah. How can we actually join in this? And that's what I mean by like, you have to listen to what God is saying, because I believe God's just showing you enough path for the direction he wants to take you. And we're all assuming that, hey, when you hop online, all our students will hop online with us. That's not true. This is what God let me know. Going online is like planning a church. I don't care how big your small group is. I don't care if you have 90,000 people in your small group or nine. Um, my best bet is two people are going to hop onto it. You have to build it because the people in person, that's just one type of group. That's what they're used to, right? And that's why I believe it's really important because they have friends. This online community thing is not going away. Um, well, Vince, in the I same way, what's that? Go ahead. Well, and just thinking about that, I, I just think there's probably a lot of churches that um, maybe in some way are thinking we're going to go back to normal and they're still kind of waiting on this. And, and that's why this conversation is so important for a lot of us and for a lot of youth workers, youth pastors, like, hey, they're kind of waiting to normal, do yeah. this well, right? They're just kind of like in this waiting period of like, do I really step in and do this all in? You, you know? have to, you have to. Here's a, here's a, here's a real world example. Uh, AMC theaters, the largest theater in the world has not made a dime since the shutdown in the U.S. last March. They're currently trying to raise over $750 million from whenever we open back up. But Disney, Warner Brothers, all have said, here's the deal. We're going to release movies streaming and get them out there, right? Like, we understand there's a new direction, and I don't think they'll ever stop, right? Will there be movies in the theater again one day? The answer to that is yes. But the question is, will you be AMC theaters who's currently raising money and have money many years? In other words, will you be like Blockbuster? There's only one left in the Northeast that's now an Airbnb. Netflix went to them several years ago and said, you want to buy us for 50 million? And Blockbuster said, ha ha, no, no, we rent movies. What they didn't realize is, is they were in the entertainment business and they didn't realize how entertainment was shifting. I believe what God is saying to youth right now is 
you're not in the meat in the building business. You're in the people business. Mm. Where are the people at right now? I haven't called you to take a break from meeting with people and how it looks might be different. It doesn't mean you will never meet with people in the building again. What it simply means is there's a large group of people who may never walk to the doors of your building and when you ignore them. Mm. Because right. the Bible says to go unto, not to wait in the building. That's awesome, Vince. And, you know, with that, as we close out here, uh, again, great job, bro. Thanks for uh, the insight. And I know we're going to, Dave, you're going to post all the different ways we can get in touch with Vince and our listeners can get in touch and, and learn more. But Vince, I want to give you kind of the final words. You know, we, as you know, you know, our, our target audience is right, right in the spot of youth pastors that really are trying to reach this generation, volunteers and leaders all about uh, this generation. But what just final words of encouragement would you give them? Because I know they're hearing this and many people are saying, it'll feel a little overwhelmed maybe, or I'm not sure if I can do this or all the things that the enemy can mess with us. What would you say to them to, hey, just encourage them to, hey, we, we can rock this. You know, you can do this. Yeah, this is what I'd say to you. God knew and he chose you. Oftentimes, I don't know why, but we think maybe around March 15th last year, God looked at Jesus and the Holy Spirit and they were having a conversation and they went, oh, man, did you see this coming? I didn't see this coming. Man, if I saw this coming, I'd have made some different decisions and moved some people around and done some different things. No, in this season, God chose you. I don't know if you know this, but there's no greater calling on your life, but to be right where God placed you right there in that moment, in that time. Yeah. Great word. God chose you. Yeah. So don't get out the game and don't give up. Yeah. We say this, I've been telling my youth pastors this, you can't stop a move of God, but you can quit. Yeah. Don't quit. Don't give up. Stay in the game because God chose you. Good job, Vince. That's awesome. That's awesome hey, hey, Vince. I can't let you go, my man. I can't let you go without one more question, dude. Go ahead. What's the last pair of shoes you brought, bro? Which ones you're rocking? Uh, right now, I'm rocking some Jordan 1 uh, biohazards. That's what I'm rocking right now. The last pair I bought uh, to keep, man. Let's see. I just bought the Jordan 1 and a Jordan 13 uh, Starfish, but I sold both of those, the pairs I got. It might have had the Jordan 11 Jubilees. It could have been uh, the Jordan 5 Off-Whites. That might have been it. I, I The amount of shoes I have. Like, <laughs> oh, it, man, show oh, There you go, bro. <laughs> Like it's awesome. just uh, to our like, viewers, man. Like he, showed, he showed us some decked out yeah. rolls and shows. Like it's just is is ridiculous so and i'm just i'm just i'm just waiting who knows by the time this drops i'm not sure exactly when this drops it you like, have a new pair you have a new pair right. myself to grabbing. so get them shoes on when we're on that sign up quick because that's going to fill up i know it vince thank you man thanks really, for really, joining really, us today so much i appreciate you guys so much want to thank vince for joining us today be sure you can sign up in the show notes for Lead Plus training that Vince is going to be doing March 25th on this topic. And uh, he's going to teach on it for 30 minutes. And then we have a Q&A that you can ask specific questions for your context. And so really looking forward uh, to Vince joining us on Lead Plus. Uh, so sign up for that. Spots are limited. 
Hey, really excited about our next podcast. We have Eric Wood that's going to be joining us. He is a uh, NFL veteran. He played nine years for the Buffalo Bills, a two-time Walter Payton Man of the Year uh, Award nominee, and uh, he shares his story about a sudden pivot that he had to take with a neck injury and, uh, and then really just the, the impact of coaching and being coached that he shares. And so really excited uh, for Eric to share his story with us. And so be sure to check out that podcast coming. And uh, if this has been an encouragement to you, subscribe, share it with our friend. And uh, we'd love to get the information and the message out about the Lead 222 podcast. Well, thanks for joining us. Stay encouraged and stay inspired. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Lead 222 podcast. Please consider joining our community of leaders. Together, we're committed to experiencing healthy lives, healthy families, and healthy ministries. Learn more at lead222.com.